morning, church. How y'all doing today? You having a good day so far? Come on. I am so excited to be with you today, and I get to do part one of Transformed. And I think that most of us come to church, we come and we, uh, we pray, we read our Bibles, we come to church, we know something's supposed to happen, but we're not sure how it's supposed to happen. Have you ever been there? Like I know, like, like, I know that like, I'm supposed to maybe think different, my life's supposed to be different, and we're in, in some degree, like we become Christians and we're waiting for the happily ever after, like everything to be no problem, problem free. How many of you are waiting for problem free lives? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be in heaven. Come on, I don't mean to disappoint you, but then heaven, it's going to be problem-free. But until then, we're going to continue to be transformed. So how are we transformed? How is my life, not only my Sunday morning life, but all of my life, how is it going to be transformed? And actually, we're going to take the next weeks, and we're going to be communicating the same principles here because they're, they're, they're life-changing, but they don't happen in just a moment. They happen over time. I, um, I've, I've shared this actually last month in December in different ways, and, and I said that you know, December for me isn't always a, uh, a, a really good, good month in December for a, a lot of different reasons. And so I decided this December it was going to be different. And so December was going to be different, not because December 25th was going to be different, but all the days leading up to it were going to be different. And so I decided to do something revolutionary, that we, um, we preach these, these points in December about taking time, like, like, getting, like reading the Christmas story, spending time slowing my soul down. Like allowing God just to, just to be with me in those quiet times. And you know what I did? I did what all the pastors were preaching, and it worked. Imagine that. Yeah, come on. And what I mean is I just had to slow my heart down. I had to find peace in the midst of the struggle, not wait for the struggle to be over to find peace. And, and I realized that it didn't happen in a moment or a day or an experience, but it happened day by day. Because following Jesus is a process. It's a process by which, and we can be very well-meaning, and we can be very well-meaning to like think, let's just have this all happen once in a moment, done. But God's taking us through a process here. So how will we be transformed to be more like Jesus at the end of this year, 2024. Here it is. Here's the big idea. Transformation is a process. It's a process of becoming more like Jesus through three things. Relationships that transform, renewing of our minds, and revealing of God's truth. I want you to catch this. I believe there's three. It's not just one thing. It's, 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 it's a multitude of things that make up who we are in the transformation of our lives. And so it's relationships that transform. It's, it's a renewing of my mind, and, and, and it's a revealing of God's truth. That's what this is. And so, so this, to kick this off, let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. And, and we're going to launch out of here, and I believe you're going to get practical help today. And actually, all month long, you're going to be, it's going to be a time of practical, practical help. 
So here it is, the Apostle Paul writes, and he says, I appeal to you, therefore. Now, the therefore is there because of the first 11 chapters. Now, for brevity's sake, I'm not going to read to you all 11 chapters. Okay? I'm going to trust that you can, you can go back and look at that. But because of everything he wrote in 11 what we call chapters... He gets to verse 1 here and he says, I appeal to you, I urge you, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you here, therefore, because of, because of what you have in Jesus, by the mercies of God, but he says brothers, a lot of translations say brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Body means all of you. Spirit, soul, body, mental, emotional, family, financial, relationship, vocation, you name it. Yeah, do not be conformed to this world, but be conformed, or don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, and by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect here. So here it is. See, God loves us unconditionally. But he loves us too much to leave us stay the way we are. Like God loves you just, he loves us unconditionally. But he loves you so much, he, he doesn't want you to stay where you are. That, that's not him. It's like, oh, well, yeah, you're, yeah, that's as good as it gets for you. Aren't you glad God's up and having going, yep, that's as good as it gets for you. Yep, this is it. Hang on till you die. Hmm. See, that's not the God we serve. Like, he wants to transform every part of my life, okay? And, and, and so, so here it is. So do not be conformed. Let's look at some words here. Do not be conformed, which means having an outward shape, a mold, or a pattern. And, and he says, don't be conformed to this world, our world system, our world's culture. So there's a shape that the world's trying to squeeze you into. There is. There's, there's, there's a shape. There's a pattern. This is where we get the word schematica, blueprint. There's a blueprint that the world has for you. And, 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 and so if we're going to be transformed, if we're going to experience God, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And that means metamorphosis, changing from one form to another. Now, how many of y'all remember way back Science class, fifth grade. How many of y'all know that ain't happening? Come on. Yeah, bullfrog, bullfrogs and butterflies. They, they metamorphosize. They change from one form to another. See, it's a metamorphosis. It's changing. It's transforming. It's growing here. And the renewing of our minds is refreshed, rejuvenated, restored. You know, back when I met Jesus, um, there was a big saying all the time. It's like people would say, it's like you, you, you go to that church, and you know, they were talking about that church, whatever that church is, and they would say, they're going to brainwash you. And the statement always was, it's a good thing because my brain needs washed. Come on. Doesn't your brain need washed? How many... Am I the only one here today? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, my brain needs washed because there's a, there's a conformity to the world that's trying to happen. There's, a, there's an old way of thinking. There's an old nature. There's all this stuff happening in my life that I need to be renewed. I need rejuvenated in. That's what this is. So change happens 
when we stop conforming to what the world's plan is and we transform to what God says. That's transformation. That's, that, that's transformation. I want to let you know, God is still in the transformation business. He still does it. But he, he, again, it doesn't happen. We're still waiting for that boom, that zap, that moment. And God said, I'm going to put you in a process by which you can become more like my son Jesus. Now let's look at this in another verse in 2 Corinthians 3, two verses, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah. See, God saved me so that I could have freedom, not be confined. This is a, this is a major mindset change. Most people think, well, you got to stop doing this and stop doing that. And stop. No, I get freedom. There's a freedom that the Spirit of God gives me. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. This word transformed is only found four times in the Bible. Twice that I just gave you here. And the, the other times it's referred to the transfiguration, where Literally, they were with Jesus, and he was like transfigured into another person. That's what it looks like, that's what it appeared to be like. But this metamorphosis, this transformation of our being into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Do you know how God changes us one degree by one degree by one degree? One day by one day by one day. Losing one pound by one pound by one pound. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get personal. Yeah, no, like literally, see, we, we don't think of it this way, but we're being transformed day by day, degree by degree by degree. But how many of y'all know that one degree of change outside isn't a lot? Unless it's, it's 33 degrees and it's dropping to 32 right? But when it drops 10 degrees, but it happens degree by degree, that's a big change. See, what I'm trying to communicate is we think it's all just going to be bam, zap, and God's saying by degree, by degree, by degree, measured changes happen here. It, it can change your trajectory when we look at incremental changes, there's only a few changes. If we could just make some incremental changes in our lives, I believe just some incremental, just a few little changes, God can change and transform every single one of us. And here it says that we are be, behold, we can, the, cha the change comes when we see him for who he really is. We behold him. We behold who he is. That's a, it's like, what are you beholding? See, we become that, like that which we stare at. You look at your stress, you look at your bills, you become, you look like a stressed out bill. Right? You look at pain and suffering, you keep staring at that, you'll start looking like, if you worship your dog long enough, you'll look like, <laughs> just a thought, <laughs> just a thought. Yeah, a lot of people start looking like their dogs. You know why? They be holding their dog nonstop. Yeah, they start, start to look alike. Yeah, yeah. But we, but what are we holding on to? 
This is it. So transformation. Are, are you ready for some? I, I want you got to understand that to understand where I'm going now. Here it is. See, transformation is a process by which we're changed into the image of God through, number one, relationships that change us, transform us. Uh, 12.1, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, I appeal to you. And, and it's interesting, the, it, this is talking about community. And I know when we said this, um, this first one in Romans 12.1, is that, is that it, it appears like relationships that transform us. Well, that's being redundant. That's because there's two kind of relationships we have. One is superficial, where we tell each other exactly what we want to hear. Have you ever had a relationship like that? Yeah, you can go around people and, and you find people enough to tell you exactly what you want to hear. But relationships that transform us are the ones that take us beyond that, that, that casual level and they help us become more like Jesus. My, my December was different because I had people in my life which were helping with the God transformation process in my life. They were helping me. That's not all that it had, but that's a part of what it had. So it has a community of believers here. This is where it is. It's a community here. We change better. What's going to change in one year from now? That we're going to be different in one year from now with the relationships we have and the book we read. A lot of people say books we read, which is true, but the book we read. Yeah, this is what transforms us. And in, in, in a month from now, we're going to have connection groups, and we're going to, I, I'm, I'm going to do everything we can. Pastor Eric's going to do everything he can to get you into a group because it's in a group that we have a chance at being transformed. Isolation kills. Isolation is not a good place to live. That's the truth. So we go to Ephesians Let's look at Ephesians 4. Let's look at what community does for us. Community here. Um, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Yeah, their responsibility is to equip. Mark the word equip here. God's people to do his work and build up his church, the body of Christ. Equip literally means a recovered wholeness. That means we get, in the context of a church, recovered wholeness. There's a wholeness, a healing, a right thinking, a making fit, a preparing. Literally, this, this, this word means setting a bone that's broken. Now, how many of you have ever broken a bone? Okay. Oh, not that many people. Okay. Um, I... I, I Broke more than one growing up. Hallelujah. And so what I learned early on is like when you break a bone, you support that bone. How it gets healed is you support that bone to the joint above it and to the joint below it. So if you were to break a bone here, you would secure it from here to here because there's healing in the joint above you that's helping you find strength. And the joint below you that's providing support and stability. That's how we get recovered wholeness. So we need relationships that re recover the, whole, the wholeness that's been lost. That's what we're looking for. That's what we need here. In, in, in community, it's where we, we love unconditionally here. 
Now, let me just say this here. If you're perfect and you have it all together and you're not struggling with your faith and you're not struggling in life, you are, you're not, you're not going to fit in here. If you're perfect and everything's perfect in your life and you have no struggles and you have it all figured out, this is going to be a miserable place for you. No, I want you to catch this. Because the church is a place that we recover wholeness. It's a process that we recover healing. It's a process by which we have relationships that change us and transform us. It's not a place that we come together and we're just so certain we're the, we're, we're the chosen ones, and we're the only ones, and we're the ones who have it all figured out, and we're the ones who, 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 who have some superior knowledge, and if everybody else would be as smart as us, everything would be fine. No, I'm, really, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go after something here, because, because even in Jesus' church, we find sometimes that, that we think we're supposed to become more certain of everything. Do you know what I've learned after decades of serving Jesus? Sometimes I think I have more doubts now than I did before. I, but sometimes in the context of the Christian community, we think we're not allowed to doubt and we're not allowed to struggle. We're not allowed to ask, why, God, are you doing certain things? And why don't you do this? And why do you do this? And why... Does anybody here ever struggle with your faith? I find that I struggle regularly, but that's why I have people in community that help me dialogue and help me communicate on another level. And I think sometimes we're trying to hide our struggles and hide our pain so much that we're missing out on the greatest thing of all. That's real community and support and love. So why not this year, why don't we put away pretense and put away faking it and put away knowing everything? Because this is it, I'm realizing more and more, God's not asking me to be certain, but he's asking me for faith and trust. What if this year wasn't a year that I'm absolutely certain of everything, but I know that I'm following God, I'm being transformed into his image, and he's changing me day by day in a process through real relationships. Why not? Give it a shot. Yeah, let's do it. See, this is what, I don't know if you've ever tried this, like, we can't help perfect. Like, if you're perfect and you're all together, there's nothing, I look at some people, I say, man, you are so all together, you know every answer. Man, I wish someday I could be like you. Because I, I'm not, but, but I'm working out my faith and I'm working out the struggles with people who are helping me see Jesus in the midst of them. And what I'm trying to give us permission over this next couple months is, is not, to, not to have it all together, but to wrestle biblically through some things, even in our own hearts and our lives, and wrestle with them and find the biblical solutions that, 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 can, that can practically help us on a day-by-day -day basis. How many of y'all think that would be revolutionary? That's what we're after here. Yeah, and that's why when we do groups coming up in February, got to get you into a group, got to get you into a, a, a group of people that are struggling and, 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 and what we really need. Here it is, here it is. Um, we receive forgiveness from God, but we receive healing through one another. 
I confess my sins to God. He is faithful and just to forgive me. Thank God. By the mercies of God, the compassion of God. How many of you are thankful for the mercies of God? I find mercy in a relationships. I find grace. I find upholding. I find truth in, in all these things. Yeah. But as we confess our sins one to another and pray that you may be healed, we get healing through one another. Do you know what I'm convinced of? If we had a lot more confession of temptation, we'd have a lot less. If we had a lot more confession of temptation, we would have a lot less confession of sin. If we were able to share, I'm struggling, I have doubt, I'm in pain, I'm in suffering, pray with me, help me, support me, let you know. If we had a lot more of this, wouldn't we have a lot less confession of sin? So the matter is, is finding a way that we can really dialogue about what's really going on. And rather than coming to the conclusion, God doesn't work, and that's ancient, and why bother, and that's different than this. Really what we have, two clashing worlds. We have the world system, and we have the kingdom of God system. And these worlds are colliding, so let's dialogue, let's talk about it. Is this helpful to you today? No, see, this is it. As I confess and I, I'm honest with these things, and what if we were a, uh, a community that confessed our struggles and temptations, and, and because I, I want to say this again, God mends me and heals me in the midst of my brokenness and my doubt and my pain and my suffering. We See, See, everybody wants to go, go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. You know, I want you to think about that. I don't want to, uh, what? I don't want that. Well, you, you want to go to heaven, there's only one way to get there. You got to confess Jesus Christ as he's your forgiver and, 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 and walk out and work out all of our doubts and struggles and pain and these things within the context of a relationship. Yeah. Faith is not about being certain. It's about trust. It's about I'm going to trust God that he's good even when I don't see it. See, that's Transformation. When you're going through the low times, but you know that he's still good, and you call him still good, that's transformation. So I'm giving you a whole different concept of transformation. Rather than three easy steps, pray this simple prayer, and your week will go wonderful. How many of you are waiting for that prayer? And if there was one, I would have prayed it. But no, it's in the midst of this, we find one another, and we find God. Okay, Transformation, it's a process by which we become more like Jesus. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's through a process, and we experience this through relationships. But number two, we, 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 we experience it in Romans 12 too, being transformed by the renewal of our mind. All change starts in the mind. I know this is contrary to what you think, Pastor, you're supposed to say it all starts in the Spirit. No, it's only when your mind gets renewed to line up with the Word of God that change can happen. How many of y'all know your mind thinks up some pretty crazy things? Especially when you're alone. 
Yeah, yeah. But the renewing of my mind, it needs washed. It needs rejuvenated. So listen, every change that you want, every change, I don't know what change, every change you want in a job, a change physically, a change emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, you want to get out of debt, you want to lose weight, you want to get a different job, you want your marriage to be better, you want uh, your family to be different, every change begins with a change in your mind. It's a change of your mind. It's a renewing of the mind. God can help, but you got to make up your, your mind. This is going to happen. It, that's where it is because a mindset is a collection of thoughts and beliefs that shape your habits, affecting how you feel and what you do. Let me just say it this way. The way you think determines the way we feel, which determines our behavior and actions. The way I think, being renewed in my mind, I'm not going to think according to the world schematica, I'm going to be transformed, determines the way I feel, which determines the way I behave. This is it. So I got to, I got to uncover some of this stuff to get to what works here. Thoughts create feelings, which creates behaviors. The battle is in the mind. It all begins in the way you think. So let's look at it this way. Ephesians chapter 4, 22. Throw off your old sinful nature. Really, this is get rid of. This means like throw out. So months ago, my wife Natalie asked me, and she was asking me very patiently. She never nagged. She, wasn't, she was very, very patient, but she routinely asked me to clean the basement. And she was very polite. She says, we really need to clean the basement if we clean the basement. And, I'm, and I was, I'm probably more guilty than anybody with cluttering it up. True confessions. I'm becoming free. And, and finally, she stopped me. It was somewhere, I think it was end of November, December. She said, every time I ask you to clean the basement, you find something else to do. I went, sounds right. <laughs> she says, it's as if you don't want to clean the basement. And I said, let me make this very clear. I do not want to ever clean the basement. I did. I said, we had a very nice, it was a calm conversation. No yelling. It was very calm. I said, I, I don't. I have never woke up one time in my life and said, this is the day. Never once has I ever come to that point where like, this is it. This is that moment I've been waiting for. And, and so, so I got a revelation. What would happen if I simply cleaned the basement? And so in the midst of December, and I could have, I had a lot of excuses. This isn't a good month for me. And I'm, I'm just, you know, like, I'm having problems. I'm having struggles, but it was really simple. And she asked if we could do it, and I said, "You know what? I need to do it." it, it to be honest, if no other reason than I love and care about my wife, I need to do this. I'm being honest for for no other reason. 
But I knew that if I would just simply go down there, and it took about two hours, two and a half hours, and it, it was in order, and I knew that I would have peace. I knew that I wouldn't have to readjust my helmet of salvation every time I walked through the basement. And so we went down there, and we, we threw out all this stuff. I don't know who put that stuff there. <laughs> but somehow it accumulated. We had bags full of stuff, and stuff we got rid of, and, and stuff I didn't know where it came from. And Because it, it could all just kind of accumulate. But when we took the time to go there together and remove it, and I knew that it was a mindset, I, I like my basement again. Every time I walk through it, do you know what I say? <laughs> look what I did. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I said, look what I did. I do that. I walk through. I said, man, look how clean this is. And, and, and there was somebody at our house, and I said, you need to go downstairs and look at my basement. <laughs> I did, and they did. They go, okay. They went down. I go, wow. And it was like, <laughs> they did. I, everybody, you come to my house, you're going in the basement. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm sending you down there for something, and you're going to come back with a good compliment. I'm just telling you that right now. See, what I'm trying to say to you, I say all that to say, we got to get rid of the stuff that has accumulated in our lives. All the faulty thinking. And when we get rid of that, we throw that off, the, st the stuff that comes from our former way of life, corrupted by lust and deception, then we're free. Instead, let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and attitudes. This is a sanctified reasoning. It's making new in relationship to time. See, it had happened in a simple process by which I said, you know what? Well, I'm going to do this. And do you know what I'm convinced we need in our lives? We need less willpower and we need more God power that comes through submission to God. When I submit my mindsets to God, beautiful things happen. Every change that you want in your life, marriage, home, finances, a relationship, whatever it is, it's found as we renew our mind and submit our will to God and allow Him to change the way we think. We all have an accumulation of things we think that are based in, in lies and in deception. And we have nobody that's telling us what we really need to hear so that we're, we're being controlled by talk radio. We're being controlled by the latest fashions. We're being controlled by social media. No, I'm serious. We're being controlled by all these things because it's conforming us into an image of this world. And we don't even realize it. This is what's happening here. And, 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 and whatever you're listening to, whatever you're beholding here, listen, our, we, our, God's wisdom is, is different than the world's wisdom. You... You can't, and we have a lot of people, unfortunately, go most of our lives in following Jesus, well-intentioned, good-hearted, Jesus followers that never get to the point that says, this is what the Word of God says, this is what my mind it needs to think, my mind needs renewed, rather than just saying, I feel that. I feel this. I feel this. Listen, no, we got to go back to our mindset because 
feelings are contrary to the Word of God and allow our minds to be renewed so that my feelings start leading my behavior in God-honoring ways. How many of y'all think that would be a good 2024? How many of y'all think that would change your marriage, change your, 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 your life, change your finances, change everything apart, every, your family, the way you relate to people? This is it because this is where it's, it's, it's found here. And, 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 I, and I've been having to go through a lot of changes and, and, and truth that hurts, but allowing God to transform me. It's been happening in almost every area of my life. And I'm just going to, 1 Corinthians 12, 9. God's power is perfected in my weakness, not my strength. No, it's in my weakness that he's strong. It's in my weakness that he is awesome. He's wonderful. He's powerful. And I was reading just the other day in 2 Corinthians 13. And it said that Jesus was crucified in weakness, but he rose again in power. See, if we want power, we got to go through, I got to submit my mindset and allow my mind to be renewed according to God, one degree to another degree. So if we want transformation, transformed into the image of God through a process of relationships, and a renewing of my mind, and last is a revelation of God's word. A revelation of God's word. Here it is, Romans 12, 2, by testing you may discern. It's, if we want to know everything there is to know about life, I want you to let you know, this is a timeless book. This is a timeless book that teaches us how to discern. This may be a revelation to you, but really what this is, is this all about, as this is revealed to me, I see that without this book and without the love of God, there's really not even any goodness or good, there's no measure of standard of love in our culture and society. Because the culture that we live in, in society, measures love according to this book in Christianity. So it helps me discern. So whatever I need to know about, again, finances, work, being fit physically, being uh, sex life, financial life, every part of your life life, it's found here. It's here. It really is here. Do I wrestle with some of the concepts of it? Yeah, but when I... When I say this is the standard, and I say this helps me discern good and evil, something changes. I'm urging you. I'm pleading with you. Just find out what the Bible says about whatever it is you're going through. Unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, marriage. Trying to figure out your faith, who God is. It's in here. Do you know that a lot of people in here struggled? Do you know this is a book about struggling and problems? No, I'm serious. It really is. And trying to figure out what this book really means in, 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 in 2024, that's what it's about. It's not about me getting what I want. And most of it, to be quite honest, most of what I read in here offends me. Have you read it? 
No, I'm serious. It, most of it really, it irritates me. But I say, this is the truth. This is what I got to do. I'm not going to allow my feelings and my warped mind to decide what to do. I am going to do what the Word of God says to do. That settles it. Is this helping you here? Yeah, and I'm just going to apply the Word of God to this. This is what I'm going to do. I am, um, and how do you read the Word of God? Uh, you read one verse at a time. And, and this is a good time of year. Maybe you want to get on a Bible plan to read the Bible through in a year. Uh, we were at a meeting with John Bevere. He's well-known in our, in our country. He was ministering. And I was sitting there listening to him preach. This was in September. And he said, and he would, I just listened to his love for the Word of God. I, I, I was sitting in the second row. We were sitting together. And I, and I said, he really loves God's Word. This is what I thought. And so I thought to myself, I want to I love God's Word like that. This is what I said. And so the next day, I, I went on, I found a, a reading plan to read the Bible through in a year, and I found a six-day plan, so if you miss one, you don't mess yourself up emotionally. <laughs> Every week has a gimme. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And I found one, and I, I control print. This is good stuff. You need to write that down. And then the next day, I just started reading it. I didn't want to wait for something to happen. I just said, you know what? I need to do this. I've been doing it. And there's been weeks I've missed a day. Thank God I got the six-day plan. Come on, somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But see, like this is how it happens. I think we're waiting for something rather than saying, what incremental change can I put in practice today to get to where I want to go? So that at the end of the month, I could be in a better place here. Because every self-defeating behavior is based on a lie. The truth will set us free. Every self-defeating behavior is based on a lie. So 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, here it is. All scripture, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what's true, make us realize what's wrong, corrects us when we're wrong, teaches us to do right, and God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. The Word of God does. Next weekend, um, Saturday, I, I want to invite you, as many of you will come. It's a free seminar, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And it deals with, number one, we're going to have a track about dealing with the schemes, the traps in our minds. Because I want you to experience freedom this year. Pastor Eric wants you to experience freedom. He's going to give his own plea to you to please go and learn how to get free from schemes, mindsets that are holding us back. And if you'd like to learn how to pray for the sick and see them get healed, which I think is pretty cool, there'll be a track for you to learn that. You can pick one or the other. It's free. We just need you to come because we want to equip you. That's our power conference next week, please. So the Word of God does five things here. The Word of God does five things. First of all, it's what is truth. It convicts me and tells me, oh, I have a faulty thought process. I have a faulty thought, yeah. It puts me back on the right path. Oh, I need relationships that help me. And then it teaches me what's right and prepares and equips us for our future. How many of y'all do any of those sound like a bad thing? Does that sound like a bad, any one of those? Like, I mean, maybe that convicts us when we are wrong. That doesn't make us feel real good in the moment, right? But is it bad in the end? 
No, I want you to catch this. This is what the Word of God, this is what we love. This is what guides our lives. This is what leads us in every part of our lives. So I'm just going to get rid of some old thinking. And I'm going to keep getting relationships to transform me. I'm going to renew my mind. And I'm going to line up to the Word of God. That's transformation right there. I'm going to encounter the Word of God on a daily basis. One verse at a time. One verse. And then, listen, I'm not being smart with this. Work on two verses, then three. Incremental change is the best change. Anybody will tell you that in any aspect of your life. Is that helpful to you? If you're here today and you're just in any way, shape, or form in your heart, you say, man, I want to be transformed. Pastor Rick, I just want to be trans. I want these relationships. I want a renewed thinking or I, and, and or I want to be, uh, I want the word of God to be revealed. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Just raise your hand. Heavenly Father, I pray over all of us with our hands up right now, Lord. I pray, Father, that you're going to meet us right where we are. And Lord God, that this year, in 2024, you're going to help me be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Lord God, not for my good and my, my glory, but for yours, God. To the glory and honor of your image, Lord, I pray for every hand that's up, Lord God. Every hand that's up, God. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for the transformation process that you give to us. In Jesus' name, God, slip down your hand. In just a moment, Pastor Eric's going to come up here. And I just want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. This isn't about willpower. This isn't about your power. This is about God power. This is the power of Jesus Christ that died on the cross. He buried, rose again so that we could have freedom. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you came to the right place because we want you to have a relationship with him, not a bunch of rules and regulations. Pastor Eric is going to come up and he's going to pray for you right now. If there's anybody here that's looking for that real relationship in Jesus' name.